Hello Cyprus, you're listening to the first episode of Nicosia Uncut. In this episode, we will discuss what happens with Varosha, the latest spot in the Greek Cypriot community on what happened in Kramontana and the way journalists tackled it, and developments with the elections for the Turkish Cypriot leader. So stay tuned and listen to our program. Hello Cyprus, welcome to the Island Talks. This is the first trilingual podcast station of Cyprus. And uh, our show is titled... Nicosia and Kat. This is Kemal speaking. And this is Andromachi. So, what do we want to do here? Well, we want to discuss and we want to be informed and we want to go beyond appearances and uh, impressions. We believe that we live in a geography where people keep being bombarded with propaganda from different circles. And I think it's important to take a pause, to deconstruct some of the things that we take for granted and question them. And yes, we'll be discussing uh, issues regarding the Cyprus problem, but not only. Every day we are bombarded with news, with terminology, with names of people, of places, of events that we don't even know about and that we don't really have the time to understand. And uh, with Nicosia and Kat, we will try to discuss things that make the news, but also things that do not make the news. We have chosen the name particularly for a specific reason. I think we believe, uh, everybody understands that we believe in a united country and a united uh, capital. And Nicosia Ankat means that we'll be non-stop talking about these issues, but also because it is uncut, it is undivided. There is a stress there that we are actually broadcasting Hello World to, uh, from the uh, last divided capital of Europe. Uh, it, it is obvious that uh, in the civic discourse, uh, sometimes we forget that uh, we want and we believe in a whole island and sometimes all of us might be referring to Cyprus uh, only with a partial impression of what Cyprus is and this is something that with Nicosia and Kalt we would like to see changed. And I'm opening a parenthesis, occasionally you can hear Serbs because I'm also having my coffee because uh, this is our um, first uh, show and we are celebrating it with coffee, with coffee for now. Um, I think it's also important to bring into uh, the uh, agenda a critical thinking. We don't want to be discussing uh, philosophical aspects all the time, but I think it's important to remember and realize that we are critical human beings, that we need to ask questions and we need to um, question the things which are given to us. Um, in 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 piecemeal or or, or in, in one shot. We also believe in active citizenship, and we believe that in order for us to have active citizens, we need to have informed citizens, and we need to be constantly seeking to engage in discussion and in civic discourse in order to develop the ideas about the way that we would like the country, in fact, to be run and to be in shape. As we promised, uh, there will be English, uh, Turkish, Greek language programs. We are hoping to, one, to reach out to different circles, but also to stress that these three languages are the main dominating languages um, on, on, of, of this island. These are the languages of this island. Of course, we understand that nowadays in a multicultural world and in a multicultural Cyprus, we have different, um, we have different languages being spoken on the island. Communication with the people who 
might be happening to be listening to our podcasts uh, is very important. And therefore, we, we would ask you if you have any questions, any comments, uh, to be sharing them with us on our social media pages. But also on our uh, website, there is a contact uh, page, which you can actually write directly from there. And this is all about the public, this is all about the Cypriot people, and therefore we would like as much feedback as possible from uh, anyone who might be listening. Let's um, say what are we going to talk uh, today. We are planning to discuss a little bit about uh, the latest developments in Varosha. And uh, the elections in the north, uh, in the Turkish Cypriot community. Mm -hmm. There has also been a little bit, uh, there has been some discussion on um, what happened in Crown Montana. We don't want to get into that, but I think it's important to see, even after two years, how things are being handled. And I think this needs to be questioned. Yes, it's not going to be a flashback. It's just going to be a commentary on what uh, uh, Cypriots discuss when they have years after. Before we start the podcast, we've agreed not to get into so much because we feel very strongly about it. Surprise, surprise! Some of you maybe will um, that will remember or know already that we were in Cram Montana, both of us um, on the streets, um, trying to convince leaders, talking to the international. Um, uh, press trying to protest in favor of a solution, but that didn't happen. So it's still uh, hurting. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, what happened in Varosha? Well, basically what happened um, was that um, Turkey decided to interfere in the elections and simply uh, did this provocation. Um, they organized this um, event, so-called conference, in the fenced city without the contribution or, 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 or participation of the Turkish Cypriot leadership. And um, after the event was uh, finalized, we found out that there are no real outcomes from the so-called conference. It was basically statements. And um, it reminded us again that Cyprus problem and Varosha continues to become a source of painful, uh, painful um, incident uh, issue for people. This is what we really care because I remember this picture. Um, Andromache, you will remember there was this woman in front of behind yes. the defenses, and she says, "Let me in." How do you see how 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 was how the things were evaluated in the Greek Cypriot community? Well, Varosha is an open wound. I mean, it's I I think Varosha should be a, a shame and a disgrace for all of us. I mean, it is a ghost town. It is a place that we see it rotting every single day. It is a, an area that basically kind of depicts the saturation. I mean, in our country. And um, aside from everything that Varosha means uh, to its inhabitants, there is a very strong uh, signification for Varosha also, I mean, in, in the Cyprus problem in itself. I mean, I think it is important to give some sort of a, of a, of a background as to why Varosha is different um, in the sense that there is a United Nations resolution, Security Council resolution, uh, number 550, um, which was uh, issued in, uh, in, in May 1984, which basically calls for the return of Varosha to its original inhabitants and for the place uh, to go under um, the United Nations administration. So there are two aspects here. One, to return the place, the houses, to their owners, 
which is a very humanitarian and very individual uh, aspect, but also it does not say that you can give it under uh, the, the or under under the northern uh, control. It says that you need to return it um, under the UN supervision. So, which means that you just cannot cannot open it under your own control in the north, um, where you just tell people, okay, come and then get your houses back. And anyone who believes in a united island, because, I mean, we will be looking uh, at things through the perspective of people who believe in a united island. Um, anyone who believes in a united island understands that if things proceed uh, away from uh, the United Nations Security uh, Council resolutions, this will be a huge stumbling block to the Cyprus problem solution, to the possibility of uh, a federal solution on the island, and things would get, in a sense, much more complicated. And this is where the stance of each side on the issue of Varosha basically kind of gives away uh, their stance on uh, the Cyprus problem solution as well. Can I ask you a question? I, I have been seeing so many angry posts by the Greek Cypriot Famagustians um, against the Greek Cypriot leadership. Why is that? Well, I think there is a sense, that there has always been a sense that Famagusta could uh, be returned back to its original inhabitants. Uh, I mean, obviously, you have the United Nations Security Council resolution. So uh, this, the, this has always given the impression to Greek Cypriots that Famagusta was something different, that Famagusta was something that was an area that we could, um, that, 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 that the Greek Cypriots could get hold of. I mean, the, the original inhabitants would be able to return. Seeing uh, the difficulties in basically achieving this end and seeing the, the, the great deal of, of, of reaction from the other Greek Cypriots, in effect. I mean, there is this so-called phrase, there is this phrase, I'm sorry, in the Greek Cypriot uh, community which speaks of um, the, the Cyprus problem being turned into a Famagusta issue. And uh, I mean, this is always labeled as something negative. And therefore, I mean, the Famagustians, I think, they are reacting against this um, um, sort of... Uh, um, they, they, they are basically reacting against uh, what they see as um, them losing their right, which has been uh, listed in the United Nations Security Council resolutions, their right to return back home. I think uh, also the fact that um, nobody's living there, and um, it, it's different from the other places in the north, is a factor. But also, it was a, a matter of negotiations in different packages in the past, in 1978, in 1989. Exactly. I mean, this is also the issue. I mean, um, we need to be able to understand that in the course of the negotiations, there have been cases in which um, the, the return of, 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 of people back to Varosha um, it, where this possibility seemed very close. And the fact that we have gone from uh, very clear mandates from the UN and very clear mandates when it comes to developments in the negotiations to uh, basically having the Turkish and, I mean, the Turkish side discussing uh, putting the area under Turkish Cypriot control you understand that it kind of creates a huge backlash um, in the Greek Cypriot community. 
One other issue I think we need to discuss within this context is that Mustafa Akinji was elected with a promise that he's not going to leave it to the snakes and the rats. Um, but unfortunately, in his five years or terms, this didn't happen. It is still closed. And um, he defended himself by saying that he actually wanted to open it. But then there was this prefer- uh, preference that they should be going, continuing the talks. I mean, I don't want to... Our intention is not to put the blame on either side or, or, or for this and that. But I think we need to, to discuss these things as well. And I think that it's, it is also important to incorporate in our discussion the, the, the shock that exists, especially in the Greek Cypriot and Turkish Cypriot youth, when it comes to uh, statements by uh, a number of Turkish Cypriot officials uh, referring to turning Varosha into uh, the new Las Vegas. Um, that's very provocative. That's it, it, I mean, I think the provocation doesn't only come because of politics. I think the provocation is also the issue of the environment. I mean, this country is suffering from uh, utter, um, f- from unsustainable development, basically. I mean, we have developed in such a way that we have basically destroyed uh, the most uh, beautiful areas of our country. And seeing people discussing uh, the, um, the development of Famagusta, I mean, aside from the political spectrum, seeing people discussing turning it again into a monstrosity, uh, it should make all of us upset. Unfortunately, this was, <laughs> I'm laughing because this was made by Ersin Tatar, and then, in fact, even uh, after his statements were made, um, his state, he made this statement, Everybody was making fun of him because, I mean, um, even if there is there, even if there is going to be such a such a thing, I mean, turning it into Las Vegas, it sounds like Trump to say that, and then everybody treated him that way, unfortunately. And I think it is also important to mention on this that uh, Famagusta has also been the sort of the the object of. Um, of, of, of vision of a lot of people who have envisioned a united area in which Greek Cypriots and Turkish Cypriots can deliberate together as to how it can be developed. I mean, we have there have been a series of projects. You've got the Hanson Famagusta project, you have the Famagusta Ecocity project that um, have uh, tackled the issue of the redevelopment of Famagusta. And, all of these projects, they have nothing to do with turning it into yet another uh, coastline that is filled with hotels and... Uh, well, and this in- brought us, I think, um, all this, what happened and who said what, uh, actually, to another um, topic. Um, basically, last week, um, and then previous week, uh, journalist Makarios Drushotis uh, published a couple of articles in Politis and in Cyprus Mail, and it created uh, a discussion. Again, it started a discussion. It was about what happened in Crown Montana, and uh, he basically uh, criticized the Greek Cypriot leadership for not taking up the the opportunity that was uh, that was uh, that, that occurred in in Crown Montana talks. Yes, and uh, I mean, as you know, I'm a, I'm a political analyst, and I must say that from that perspective, it has become very tiring to be uh, constantly bringing back what happened in Gran Montana to be, I mean, there, there is this recycling of documents that we've seen hundreds of times. I mean, we are discussing um, what, what happened 
during a single night. And to be honest, I think that aside from what anyone thinks it happened, the fact that two and a half years later we are still discussing about that night, it kind of shows the fact that we have not managed to create something different. Why do we feel to discuss it again and again and again? I mean, there have been many failures in the past. What made Kramotana so special? I have an answer, but how would you how would you say that? What would you say? Well, I think it's a it's a complicated it's a it's a it's a series of reasons to be honest. But I will just choose to mention the most provocative one, which I think is the fact that. We basically have nothing else to discuss when it comes to the Cyprus problem as well. I mean, you have uh, this, we are at this uh, paradoxical moment in which you have people who everyone agrees that, not everyone, but most of them agree that, okay, let's proceed with the Guterres framework and we let's, let, let's see what was uh, um, achieved in Gran Montana, but then this just never happens. So... The, yeah. Just like in Varosha, time has frozen in the Cyprus talks in Crown Montana. Of course, we had the Berlin and uh, some other developments in Bitfin, and maybe we can touch upon briefly. Um, but I think the point that I wanted to mention is not about what happened in Crown Montana, but the fact that how the press and how the government uh, in the Republic of Cyprus was handling the issue because they released, obviously, uh, it was released from the same source, um, a few days later, the last article, after the last article, some documents about what Turkey had proposed. And we all know that, one, these, those documents had already been uh, released after Crown Montana. I think it was in August, so they were not new. And number two, um, the entire press jumped on it without really looking at it and then looking at their own archives or asking anyone. They just jumped on it as if it's something new and then they, 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 they all attention was distracted. I mean, it's poor journalism, I'm sorry. Uh, actually, here I must say that there is, it is important to also note that um, actually it's not all the press that jumped on it. Mm. There were uh, an, a number we, of mainstream names? groups. Sigma jumped on it. Philelefteros. Philelefteros uh, jumped jump on it. On the night... On the night uh, when the documents were released, you had Philelefteros and Sigma Live at the same time uh, speaking of an exclusive revelation. You had at the same time both uh, news sites uh, publishing uh, the, the, the documents that we've seen dozens of times before. Um, and then you had uh, another number of media that uh, also covered it from the perspective that this was a revelation, and you had some other media like Kathimerini and Politis, which basically um, did not uh, really give this too much attention. But I think that this, um, th this we will be able to discuss more in the Greek Cypriot program when it comes to the differences in the way that the media cover the issues. Yeah, but also I think it's important to to uh, to remember that there were many papers present were presented in Crown Montana, and what what was leaked was just one version. I mean, I f I find it very sad that uh, a, a, a supposedly democratic European government is going through a media war, going through a propaganda war in such a small community on such an important aspect. This is this is so sad. I think it's even sadder the fact that uh, no representative democracy, and we know that very well from uh, academia, no representative democracy can function without um, uh, um, 
without a good fourth state. What is the fourth state? You've got journalism as the fourth state to be keeping governments and politicians in check. In absence of the fourth state, you basically have governments that can just say and do whatever they want because there is nobody to check them. And at the same time, there is no informed public to also check them. So this is the problematic state in which we are basically found today, uh, in which the, during which the, the information that people get basically come from a sim single source. We are at that stage in which uh, we are discussing uh, th I mean, the diplomatic sources and everyone, I mean, uh, all of the, it, it, at some point it seems as though all of the journalists, they get their information from a single source. And the, I think the most important axiom for journalism is the fact that you need to have a number of sources. And they all branded it like exclusive, exclusive. It's like they are so confident that it's, it's given only to them. And then, you know, next day they, <laughs> you found out that all, all papers put the same headline. You, you, you should feel a little bit embarrassed. I think, I hope... <laughs> if I were a journalist, you know, <laughs> I would feel embarrassed, really. I hope that they, they at least cause a bit of a trouble to their sources. I mean, I hope that they at least raise it. You know, next time, please try to only give me the leaflets because, uh, I mean, guys, you are kind of exposed. <laughs> yeah. Um, talking about um, the issues that we had to discuss, we've already um, reached uh, 20 minutes of our show. So um, the other thing that we wanted to discuss today is, of course, another hot topic. It's the hot topic in the Turkish Cypriot community. We have the leadership elections. We have the we are going to choose the Turkish Cypriot leader. Um, and um, we are very excited in the north. Uh, the, the, uh, of course, the, the presidential elections, as the Turkish Cypriots call it, as we uh, say it in the north, is because uh, it's very crucial. It's a very turning point. It's, uh, it's an important decision that the Turkish Cypriots will make. How, how, do, things, how do things do look from, from the Greek Cypriot community? Well, I would just like to say here that it is important for people to be able to understand that while the Turkish Republic of Northern Cyprus remains an unrecognized entity, the leader of the Turkish Cypriot community is recognized by the international community as the interlocutor of the uh, Republic of Cyprus president when it comes to the Cyprus problem. Therefore, these elections are crucial in that uh, the, the leader to be elected is in fact indeed recognized as the representative of the Turkish Cypriot community. So The most important thing here, I think, nowadays is how Turkey is treating the Turkish Cypriot leader. I think this is the first time ever in history that there was such an open clash between the Turkish Cypriot leader and the Turkish leadership. I mean, it's not even a clash, it's basically an exchange of words in a tone that nobody will really expect it to see, and nobody has ever expected to see um, in the past. And this is reflected in the way that the issue is covered in the Greek Cypriot community, because for the first time you have even media that would not normally bother um, uh, broadcasting the statements of Turkish Cypriot politicians, for the first time you have an extensive coverage of what Mustafa Akinci is saying, of, of, uh, you have uh, academics trying to explain the, the, the balance that uh, exists in the North. And uh, I must say that, obviously aside from a number of circles, 
Mustafa Akinji has gained the respect of the average Greek Cypriot citizen in that, uh, I mean, one feels that uh, he uh, supports an independent and free uh, country. Let me tell you my uh, very honest, very gut feeling. I mean, okay, I'm a Turkish Cypriot. I have voted for him and then I supported him um, because he believes in a federal uh, idea and he believes that Cyprus should be united. Having said that, however, I think it is a little bit sad that it took him to to head a quarrel to fight with Turkey for the Greek Cypriot audience to believe that he actually is an honest leader. I think all these years, all this time, if they didn't believe it, and it only took them that 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 he fights with Turkey. In, on the other hand, I don't believe that he's really fighting. He's being attacked by Turkey. I don't think that he's he was he was uh, rude. I don't think that he was confrontational per se. I don't think that he was provocative. I think he was just saying what he had always been saying. Yes, but I believe, and this is evident. I mean, uh, when one uh, studies uh, the situation, I believe that in the Greek Cypriot society there is a sort of. Uh, a lack of awareness or understanding of the situation in the Turkish Cypriot community. And this lack of awareness has been leading to generalizations. I mean, saying that all of the Turkish Cypriot leaders are puppets of Turkey. Um, obviously, nobody will ever challenge the extent of uh, influence that Turkey exercises in the North. I mean, I always say that, you know, just like the Greek Cypriot leaders trying to have some sort of a coordinative and balanced relationship with the with the Greek leaders from Greece, it is understandable that within the context of Cyprus problem, the Turkish Cypriot leaders need to be uh, in synced with the with, with the Turkish uh, with the with the Turkish governments uh, over the years. But I think we also need to understand that it doesn't mean that all Greek Cypriot leaders will be following the same line with, with, with Greece. I'm saying it for the Turkish Cypriot audience. Or Turkish Cypriot leadership should always be in, 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 in sync with, with the Turkish, uh, Turkish uh, governments. At the same time, it is also important to, I mean, to remember that Mustafa Akinci has explicitly spoken out against the concept of a motherland. While in the past, both uh, Nikos Anastasiadis and Dimitris Christofias, I mean, the Republic of Cyprus presidents, they referred to the need to set the motherlands aside. It is still kind of a taboo sometimes in the civic discourse to be uh, declaring the fact that Cyprus should not have any motherlands. And as far as we are concerned, we are not interested in motherlands either, either from Turkey or from Greece. Um, Cyprus is an independent state. Cyprus is a member of the European Union, and we should be uh, pushing for uh, even greater independence. Uh, and I think this is very important that such a statement has come from uh, the, um, the mouth of uh, Mustafa Akinci. Currently, we are having uh, two pro-solution, uh, pro-federal solution candidates, and two um, Unfederal, um, two uh, two separate states, or uh, you know, uh, confederal or independent under the EU, two 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 leaders who are actually contesting, and there is of, of course another one um, who also supports that on the right. But um, it seems that uh, currently the leading candidates are Mustafa Akinci, Ersin Tatar, 
and Tufan Erhurman. I'm not going to get into uh, speculations on who's leading or, or, or who's not leading and because there have been various um, uh, polls on that. But I think the, the, we are at this stage, uh, Andromahi, in the Turkish Cypriot community that um, we need to show everybody that we decide by ourselves. I mean, that Turkey maybe doesn't like our decisions, but Turkey needs to respect the Turkey Cypriot will. Of course, we've been we know that they are interfering in our they are they are making increasing the populations. They are actually using their leverage against um, the, 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 the anybody who's criticizing them. But also, um, we also know that um, they are trying to portray Mustafa Akinci as anti-Turkish. I don't think that he's anti-Turkish. I don't think that he's anti-Turkey, but it is for sure that he puts his community's interest first. And this is very important in the future federal Cyprus. It shows that the Turkish Cypriots are not the puppets of Turkey. They might be, and it is okay for them to be on the same page and the same line with Turkey. Yes, they enjoy special relations with Turkey, historical and language, and if you want to say ethnic and communal. But at the end of the day, the Turkish Cypriots have their own mind and whether we like them or not, whether we agree with them or not, they can make up their own decisions. And I think that um, the extent to which Turkey's influence is actually, to some extent, protested in the north, uh, in the northern part of the country, is evident by the fact that you have the, um, the head of the Rebirth Party, uh, which is basically the party that is set up to promote the interests of the Turkish settlers, I mean, of, the, of people who came from Turkey and settled in uh, the northern part of the country. I mean, even... Ari Klee, who is the leader of this party, he came out and he said that Turkey is sending out buses in the various villages trying to influence the elections in the north and that Turkey should stop doing this because it causes the reaction of the Turkish Cypriots. Because politics do not function in a vacuum. I mean, it is true that the positions sometimes change at, and then maybe the narratives change, but what really matters is that we expect the political leaders to become true to their to their words, to their ideals. I mean, this is this is very important and ethical for a representative democracy to work. Um, in for and this is why Akinci needs to be appreciated because what he said, what he's been saying, he's, he currently he continues to say. And whether we like it or not, you you cannot judge him. Uh, with your values in Turkey the way you are judging a Turkish politician. This is what the, the Turkish audiences in Turkey need to understand. The Turkish Cypriots have their own cultural identity, they have their own uh, history, and they have the right to call themselves we, we apart from the, the, the great Turkish nation. So, um, okay, on this note, uh, how did you like it, the first program? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think we discuss the things that we anyway discuss without a microphone. It's just yes. a bit more uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, we will continue to um, bring the voice of undivided, uh, future undivided, hopefully, city, uh, Nicosia. And we believe in an undivided, uncut capital and undivided, uncut country. We, having said that, however, it is not 
our only uh, motivation. We believe in civility, we believe in democracy, we believe in human rights, we believe in the right of the people to access the right information. We believe in sustainable development, we believe in transparency, we believe that uh, this island, uh, I mean island-wide, there is an issue of corruption uh, and we want to tackle these issues as well. And most importantly, we believe that we, are, we should claim our right to a, a, a normal European country and a bit boring, as we always say. I mean, we need <laughs> to become a bit boring as well. Because we love Cyprus. Because we love Cyprus, because we love one Cyprus. On that note, see you next time.